so many people in the world and so many different styles and none of them's right, none of them's wrong. Be who you are. There are enough people out there that will do business the way you want to do um, business that you'll be fine. To learn to trust that and not try to be all things to all people is probably the one thing that took me 50 years to learn. But I my way. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Sponge Show, episode five. We are excited that you're here with us. Uh, what is The Sponge Show? It is an opportunity for us to sit down um, with leaders in our community to talk about uh, their story, whether that be in entrepreneurship, community involvement, business, the creative field, digital marketing, or anything, and soak up from them. Uh, I'm Brad Sabalski. I'm your host, and I am the owner of Be Connected, a social media management firm here in Appleton, Wisconsin, and newly in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So thanks for joining us. And up to this point, thanks for, for subscribing and following along and listening to all of the different episodes as we put them out there. Today, I'm really excited to have, uh, I would say a business colleague friend to this point, um, sure. Jeff Anclam from Waterstone Mortgage here in uh, the Fox Valley. You've got, you've got a couple chapters or a couple offices. offices. in yeah, Oshkosh, Green Bay, and Appleton. That's awesome, and but your your main office is uh, in Appleton. In Appleton yeah. was yeah. original. Yep. So um, Jeff and I go uh, quite a number of years back uh, when I was starting the company by myself. Uh, I joined this networking group, and it was my first foray into actually getting involved in something in the business community around here. Jeff was one of the. Um, were you one of the charter members for yeah, that I chapter? Yeah, sure. So the the group started and then I joined the month after it launched. Mm -hmm. So you were already there. I was, we went through um, well over a year, toward two years of getting to the point where we could launch, you know, and, and growing to that uh, critical mass point. And yeah. then we were ready to launch, yeah. So with that being said, um, that was the first group that I joined. I joined when I had one client and I was living <laughs> at my parents' house, which means that when it comes to starting the business, you were the, one of the first people I met because you were yeah. one of the charter members for sure. for that chapter. So we go yeah. way back and we've gotten a chance to work together on stuff with your business and um, in the social media world and everything like that. And I, I can just say, looking back, um, that at that point, like when you're a young upcoming business person, even if you're not upcoming, if you're just a young business person, <laughs> <laughs> like you, you, you need people that uh, represent an example of like how to conduct business and how to handle yourself and how to be a leader and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that group was really pivotal for me for that. And, and you, were, you were a part of that mix. So thanks for, for giving me a shot when I was, when I was <laughs> so green. Yeah. No, you're very welcome. You're very kind with your words. There's a lot of people in that group that, uh, that represent the statements you just made, so. Yeah, and a lot of them I, I stay in touch with. I'm not part of the group anymore, but I, I still look up to that group a lot, and there's a lot of people that have made a big impact on my life, and yeah. even in even just small ways of just uh, no, how to better it's yourself. It's fun for all of us old people to see you come up and grow, and, and <laughs> we all so feel a little people. piece of, uh, of uh, well, some satisfaction watching that happen, and it's always fun to see. Well, thank you. Um, I just fake it every day. Oh, so you're, you're, so it's working. If you're you, getting better and better. If you're it, getting so the impression for, yeah. that, <laughs> that it's fun to be fun to watch, well, yeah. you're drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> Speaking awesome. of drinking, the first yes. section that we have in our in our show here, we each brought a, a drink to consume because we're sponges after all on the sponge <laughs> show. 
Um, and we're going to go over what it is, why we brought it, and um, we can just loosen up a little bit. So yeah. I'll start. Okay, go ahead. Um, I have a, uh, what do you know, another red blend. <laughs> Those of, that have been watching the show routinely know that I'm, I'm into the red blends. Um, this one has a bit of a story though, because I, if any, if anybody out there, Jeff, I don't know if you know Gary Vaynerchuk at all. I do. I know yeah. of him. I don't know him personally. But okay. Yeah. So Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, he, yeah. he's like a online digital marketing guru kind of guy. But before that he built his following from the wine library. Yes. And that was actually his parents business or his father's business that he helped run for like 15 years or something. And mm -hmm. then he got involved in YouTube showcasing the wines at wine library to then help the online sales. And then it took off after that. And I think it went from like 5 million to 60 million a year in sales of, with wine. And um, he became one of the first like ever YouTube influencers back in the day, like 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, then he went on to start his own digital marketing company. And now he's reintroduced the Gary V wine club. So uh, I subscribed. <laughs> this is from the Gary V Wine Club. Gary, if you watch this, shout out <laughs> as <laughs> nice. if you'll ever watch this, yes. but I would appreciate it. You're the man. Um, so I have a, a Rosso a Toscano and I'm relatively new into wine, but this wine club has actually been helping me learn about different, different blends and different wines and different um, variations of everything. And it's a red blend from 2014 and it seems very um, Italian. So I'm going to enjoy that while we're sitting here. Awesome. Good what, for you. What do you have, Jeff? I have a, uh, in, in shout out to Lisa Kunin and the promotional pieces. Oh, nice. Mug. Look at that. Yes. Speaking of our group. Correct. Yeah, exactly. And I've uh, got a nice little Tito's on ice. Nice. Tito's on that's ice. That's what I'm good at. That's all right. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes. Hey, it's just very comfortable. So cheers. Cheers. And we can dive Indeed. into your story yeah. a little bit. Mm. I appreciate that. Nice shout out to Lisa too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So um, what's the story of Jeff in the mortgage business? Mm. It's a long I, story. I don't know how I'll try I, to you, shorten it up. You can go yeah. as far back as you want. I don't really yeah, care. Yeah, I don't know. I, um, I don't know how far back to go. We'll go um, to AAA Mortgage. So this is going to be in like 82, 83. And Kyle and I grew that business to... I don't know, we had 20 for sure employees at one time plus. And then- Over the span of how long? For about 15 years, oh. I was involved. And then uh, 06, 07, 08, life in the mortgage industry changed. Life in the whole economy changed. No kidding. Um, as a function of my industry, most people like to think. So um, we needed to change, I felt there needed to be a change in, in how we did business. Um, we were the largest marketer in Northeast Wisconsin, TV, radio, you know, print, and um, it, it the model needed to change for some obvious reasons. The 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 amount of business being done was shrinking, yeah, and we needed to adjust. And um, we were a we were our own company here. We weren't part of any bigger entity. Yeah, and uh, at that time, the the business changed to the point where we needed to, in order to, to stay in business, I felt we needed to get, to become part of a bigger entity. When, when you have your own business, um, to, to basically stop and change into something else, it's your baby. It's something you put your life, your blood, sweat, and tears into, and it's very challenging to do that. And um, my perception was Kyle wasn't ready to do that, 
and I needed to, I felt that was something that needed to happen in order to, to be sustainable in the industry. And so we did, and I partnered with a, a larger entity um, where I had, I had known several people in the industry. And, uh, the larger entity being that, Waterstone. Waterstone Mortgage, yeah, yep. which is owned by Waterstone Bank, Waterstone Bank Corp. I had people, I had been with a finance company for eight years before I got into the mortgage end of things, and there was a lot of people that kind of dispersed into the mortgage industry from that, and so there was several people in, in a lot of the local competition is, came from that as well, and so I had some different options, and uh, at the end of the day, I decided Waterstone mortgage because they had a bank true bank behind them mm-hmm. was going to be stronger and be able to uh to uh weather the storm so to speak and we have and it's it's gone well now we have uh, offices in like i said green bay oshkosh appleton we're back up to you know toward 20 employees and um and the mortgage industry is coming back around as well so people want to buy houses and uh and it's working out so over the span of well, you said 15 years. 15 years you went, there. You, you went from starting the company with a partner going up to, you said 17, 20 employees mm-hmm. around that. Yep. Um, and then you're now back up to the same size again mm-hmm. within 10 years. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be nine years this summer. So what did you learn about doing it right the first time that allowed you to grow, I mean, foreseeably almost twice as fast the second time? You know, it's just experience with people. It all comes down to people um, at the end of the day. And you need to, I don't know, finding people that fit your culture, probably having a culture, maintaining that culture. Um, And it's not like I haven't had any turnover through the process. Right. Um, You know, we've had people that came aboard that came with me from prior companies that went, they dispersed and then came back to work for me again. I've had, I don't know, make a number up but very quickly at least 10 that yeah. were worked for me previously that came to work for me there that worked for me even before that in the in the finance business that came to work for me in the mortgage business and then from AAA and then they worked for me at Waterstone and, and we've had a lot of people kind of carry over and so that's been very fortunate um, and then at the same time looking for people that that fit our culture going forward has been the biggest the biggest piece of the puzzle a lot of people go out and look for technical skill they'll hire on technical skill they'll hire on on um past history of of production and the reality is that doesn't always work out because culture at the end of the day people we hire people for technical they will either leave on their own or will help them leave as a function of not being a culture fit yeah so yeah that's I can, the biggest thing i mean i can hear you there i mean, the, I mean within our world live in digital marketing every every graduating class of college has dozens and dozens of people mm-hmm. who want to get into social media and digital marketing. And then you've got people that have worked with a, a lots of different agencies as well. And their book of work might look amazing. Mm-hmm. Some of the best people that we've ever hired came in with very little experience, but they had the, the it factor that fit with mm-hmm. our it factor. And there's, you know, culture isn't necessarily like that's right and that's wrong. Oh. It's just like what fits with you. Correct. And then we've brought in some of the most talented people that we've ever had and we've turned them over simply because of the people fit. Mm-hmm. And it, it's frustrating to go through. <laughs> but, it is. It's expensive and yeah. it takes a lot of time and resources. But at the same time, and you, I mean, I've been doing this fortunately or unfortunately for <laughs> obviously over 30 years. And uh, you literally, as, as 
through all the processes between interviews and second interviews and background checks and trying to go deeper when you when you talk to references mm -hmm. it's it's still far from a, it's not a science right you know it's a little more of an art and you just keep trying to and trying some, to get better at somebody it. that has a squeaky clean background might be a head case to work with yeah you don't <laughs> you know, know until, you, you don't, don't know. really know until you get in yeah Right. So if we if we back up a little bit, I mean, everybody knows what the economic crisis was that was 2007, 2008. And mm -hmm. then during that same time is when you you recognized that you needed to change. What was that like going through and knowing that you built something for that long and basically starting over? Because you were tying on to a pre-existing brand, which was Waterstone, right? Correct. But by all intents and purposes, you were basically starting from scratch. Yeah, nobody knew who Waterstone Mortgage was in the Fox Valley by any means. And um, so yeah, it was it was a new brand, so to speak. But we needed to, I, I felt we needed to change the business model that, you know, in my at the prior company, we were a refinance-based company. And going forward, we needed to become a, a, a purchase mortgage-based company. And that involved developing relationships. The marketing was very different. We didn't, uh, not on TV, not on the radio, not in print. It meant going out and um, pressing flesh, so to speak, developing relationships, yeah. saying hi to somebody and having a conversation about what was important to them and find, finding the people that were culture fits to our business. Yeah, that's and great. it's grown and it's worked out. So what's the biggest difference um, that you have now versus what, what you were doing before? I mean, the industry changed too. There's probably more laws and rules and regulations oh, and everything too. Oh, it's unbelievable so. to be honest with you. But but in terms of the marketing angle, it was about, we used to go direct to consumer. That's where, you know, the, the TV, radio, all those yeah. kind of, and Like now, if I had a house and I wanted to refinance it, you'd, yep. come to, you'd go directly to me. Yeah. yeah. So now my business, literally 45% of my business is based on past clients wow. and then in terms of them referring business to us, and that number grows every year, and the the rest of the business is coming from business partners that are referring business in, such as so well, realtors, yeah, realtors and other bankers, title do companies, business that don't fit title companies. We get um, attorneys. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of those kind of centers of influence, so to speak, that refer business over to us. But I think anybody that has a uh, we'll say a traditional business, for lack of better words, I don't really know how else to describe that, but that does a lot of forward-facing marketing. Um, anybody that has that type of business, I mean, they can, what would you speak, what would you say to them that like, if you go to, about it a different way and you focus on return visits and you focus on the partnerships and all that kind of stuff, how much can it save you on all the marketing expenses? Oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, I can, I, we were, <laughs> there was a time when we were, you know, five figures toward six figures monthly in marketing versus that's less than five figures. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. Especially for a company but, that you only have 15, 20 people. Yeah. Well, there was, there was a lot more business at one point in time. Yeah. I mean, and I tell people all the time, you know, I'd like to think I was a smart, but I wasn't. There was, there was for a long time, 25 years ago, when the economy went poorly, rates would go down. The government would low, help lower rates and there'd be a lot of refinance business economy go good and then people were buying houses and then the economy would go poorly and they'd lower rates in his refinance business. And I, I rode that wave for 15 years. Yeah. I mean, it really did. And then, and then there was a bottom 
all right, and then we had to try to do something different or if we're gonna be, maintain our business, we had to change our model and that's when we did. And you didn't, you didn't only maintain what you're, I mean, you've no. grown. Yeah, well, yeah. We, we, starting from zero, there's not, nowhere to go but grow. <laughs> that's okay. true. So. <laughs> well, I mean, you, right. you could fail, right? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. It, it, and we didn't, and it's, it's gone well and we're very blessed, but, um, but it was a, we also had to learn a new model because it's not how I did business previously. Yeah. So we had to start over and, and, um, and there's some fear associated with that. Probably, you know, more fear for your, from your wife and your kids when they <laughs> see the paycheck is gonna not come in until you build something again. So. Yeah, the, so the last episode we had from this show, um, we had somebody on that was talking about, um, you know, how, how much, how brave you have to be to be an entrepreneur. Uh, but we were talking about it from the standpoint of people that were younger than say 35 or 30. Mm -hmm. And I get comments about like, oh, you know, it's amazing you put yourself out there, like you were so young and you did it. And I'm, I'm like, honestly, it takes way less guts to do something when you graduate college. Mm -hmm. You have no responsibility. You don't have house payments. Yeah. I wasn't married yet. I didn't have a kid. Like yeah. I didn't have, I, I lived with my parents. I, <laughs> I mean, we, like, we, I, we I met understand. when I lived yeah. with my parents. <laughs> I didn't tell anybody in that networking group, but that was, that was the case. Right? I mean, mom eventually did. So I, she like, probably <laughs> did. <laughs> but um, you know, it, it takes a lot less guts to start something that, than it does if you have like the established family and you've got the lifestyle and payments and all that kind of stuff. And I think, I think if anybody is listening or watching, like there's a lot to be said about being able to start over mid career and build it again and show it twice that you yeah. can do it. Well, for me, it actually was probably the third time because I had, I had um, right out of college worked for this finance company and my banker in town, um, said, go to work for a finance company. If you want to be a banker, they'll teach you the basics. Yeah. And I ended up staying there for eight years. I became a regional manager. And what was uh, your first job there? Didn't you tell me once what your first yeah, job I was? Yeah, I was a repo guy. That's I mean, that's, <laughs> that's I'm done. Like you would show up, like, like you'd be I the learned, muscle. Yeah, I, well, I was a muscle. I was, I was just the guy that, you know, showed him where to hook onto the car and let's go. <laughs> so there's a, I could, we could uh, do 10 podcasts on some of those stories. So <laughs> three drinks later. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Um, but. What happened to me, so I was a regional manager and I had uh, from Green Bay down to uh, Germantown, both sides in all the offices, and they sold. They sold all the receivables, um, but none of the people. So literally, I mean, they gave us a nice severance check and all that, but I had to start over doing something. That's when I decided, I didn't have a choice that time. So I decided to go into the mortgage industry and that's when I went um, to work with Kyle and we grew AAA Mortgage into what it was. And then, so then the next time, I'm not gonna say it was an easy process, but at the same time, I had been there before, starting from scratch. Yeah, it and, wasn't the uh, first the, time that you no. had to restart. Correct. And so you've now, you've shown three, di or a twice, different, yeah. twice to, that you can start from scratch and build yeah. something. And before we started recording this, we were talking about, with the, with the help of producer Hannah from behind, <laughs> behind the camera, um, we were talking before this about stuff that you were doing back then um, that is now very popular as far as leadership stuff and all of that kind of stuff. So what, what, have you, what have you focused on as far as being a leader for, I don't know, the companies that you've, that you've built? Um, probably, you, the, probably the number one, and it seems so simple, um, is just to be yourself, to be authentic. We've talked about some of these kind of conversations in the past and it's amazing. And now they, whoever they are, say that, the millennial generation is um, 
is very taken with authenticity yeah. that they believe you have to go out of your way to just be who you are um, help them understand the negatives as well as the positives associated with whatever conversation you're having and they expect you to bring that to the table not that they should find out later and then you say oh yeah that's the case and and if you're just very authentic to who you are that's all you have to do you will there's you talked about a little bit ago there's so many people in the world and so many different styles and none of them's right none of them's wrong be who you are there are enough people out there that will do business the way you want to do um, business that you'll be fine to learn to trust that and not try to be all things to all people is probably the one thing that took me 50 years to learn yeah you know what I mean it just is and and it shouldn't have taken me that long but yeah but it has and I think um when you're in it, you might not realize it, but it's, it drives a lot of impact that you have on other people as well. When you're authentic to yourself, mm -hmm. because then it's not, people aren't perceiving it like that you mean one thing or you mean another thing. People know that you're being truthful and you're being honest. Yeah. And I mean, like, even when we've worked with you guys, we've screwed up. And I've always said like internally at our office, it's like, it's, it's how you handle yourself when yeah. in the moments that you're pushed up against the wall that will actually define how you're seen in as a career and as a business professional, all that kind of stuff. It's For not sure. the 98% of the time that everything's going right. It's, yeah. it's when it's most difficult. And as far as like you being true to yourself and authentic and all that kind of stuff, when, when we've worked through the challenges of mm -hmm. us screwing up as we're learning how to be a better business and be a better partner, I think it says a lot. And I can speak from experience yeah. that it leaves an impact on people that you work with. So, Absolutely. so I think a lot of people can learn from that. And it's, and it's, you're right. The newer generation, they are enamored with that, I think. And, um, well, I, it doesn't yeah. mean it's wrong. I think it's more of oh, if, not at all. I think it's actually more right than ever. They've seen, they lived through at a, at a impressionable age. Yeah. What we just talked about, oh six, oh seven, oh eight, with the economy changing. And, and some of them watch their parents lose jobs or lose houses. Basically everything they've worked for start to fall apart. Yeah. And so there's a lot of trust that gets, you know, chipped away. And so they're, they're looking for someone and or something that they can believe in. And authenticity shows very readily. Yeah. I, w I went to a, a, a convention. This was probably, I don't know, three or four years ago now. And it was all about the generational divide, um, both in the political world, but also in the business world. Because it was put on by a whole bunch of chamber of commerces from mm -hmm. across the country. And they, they had the person moderating it was uh, a market analytics guy. So he was very data-driven about the differences between generations and how they have their actions. Mm -hmm. And they, this is, I'll wrap this up, but basically like they talk about how it's the, ma the main things that identify the personalities of a generation as a whole are the major life things that they go through as a whole. Sure. So for us, it was the financial crisis, 2007, mm -hmm. 2008, um, it was 9-11 and mm -hmm. it was the complete emergence of the internet. So yeah. here you have a generation that's growing up. Those are three huge things. Yeah, I mean, you're, here you have a generation that's growing up that even with the negative stuff, they are super hyper connected to information. Yeah. So it's always, you know, what is Stephen Covey says, like seek first to understand. Yeah. When you do that over and over and over again, you, you go past a lot of the BS and you're mm -hmm. left with like, are you being honest? Yeah. Am I being honest? And I, I'm not saying everybody in our generation is buys into that, but those that do fully get that transparency, authenticity, everything like that, mm -hmm. you'll connect with way more people 
because of a whole generation coming up with the internet. Yeah. I firmly believe that. Well, they can fact check you in two seconds yeah. if somebody's not, yeah, and right. they do, and rightfully so, yeah. to be honest with you. So. I've, I mean, I've turned people down for a job because uh, they say that they believe in one thing and that they, they're a certain type of person or whatever, and you go online and their, yeah. their online presence says something totally different. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with age or gender or anything like that. It has everything to do with like, are you being real? Are you yeah. being authentic? Yeah, there's something incongruent about that, regardless of yeah. which version is, is real. So yeah, right. Well, we could talk about this all day. I love it. Um, but moving on to the last segment of the show here, um, I call it our 50, 50 questions. Oh, so the idea yes. is that, um, for those of you listening at home or following along, uh, Jeff and I wrote down four questions a piece before we started recording and then we exchanged them and we will each draw two of them. So there's a 50% chance that we're not going to get to the questions, right? Does that make sense? Yep, yeah, I got it. All right. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I can go first. All right. So, so I you shuffle them up and pick one. Pick one and see what it says. Yep. So what's the most gratifying part of my job? So that's there's actually two pieces, two things that are equally gratifying. Um, the first is at the retail level, literally helping someone buy their first home. People, people, people remember getting married. They remember the birth of their children. They remember buying their first home. That's I remember a life step, yeah, and it's a big step, and it's important to them. And to be able to be part of that every day is is literally awesome. To be at closings and see tears of joy, literally, mm -hmm. as, and you're helping doing that, especially when someone maybe had challenges and didn't think it was going to happen. That's that's very cool. So then, comparing it to the old business that you grew, mm -hmm. you said most of that was refinancing, correct? And so, so that wasn't that was not part of that. So this Very new, seldom. this the newer business that you're in now is is a whole is a whole nother level of, yeah. of satisfaction. Yeah, that's awesome. genuinely. Yeah. That's great. The other part of my job that's that's genuinely satisfying is helping people, and when I say people, employees grow and and uh, and do well and perform and and succeed. Yeah, that's genuinely satisfying as it's, well. It's hard from our perspective, I don't know how you feel, but it's hard to describe to someone else what that feels like. But yeah. when you watch it, it's just like, yeah. I'm just so proud of you. Yeah, exactly, it is. It's <laughs> like watching your children, they're not your children, they're older than me, some yeah. or other, you know what I mean? But, but <laughs> yeah. literally watching something grow, watching someone grow and succeed is is a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure, yeah. all right, my turn. Yep. All right, what will you be doing in 10 years? <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. This is like a one sentence answer now. I know. I haven't even been doing this for 10 years. Yeah, so. Uh, you know, I was, just, I was just talking to my wife the other day about like, if there's ever an exit, exit strategy for me or like a next phase of business or anything like that. I'm, I'm not like, I'm not, I don't have my eyes on this at all, but I have a lot of passion towards something and that is um, urban cultural development. So getting involved in projects that can take a block and revitalize it, whether mm -hmm. that with uh, rental properties, it could be apartments, it could be retail, it could be, uh, you know, business, commercial space. You've already been involved in a lot of that. I, I have, yes. Behind the scenes, I have yeah. been, but I could see doing that a lot more. I could see, cool. I could see having uh, my finger on a, a whole bunch of different projects that I'm, I'm really experiential driven and I'm very culture driven. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to put up, you know, this 
huge high rise of apartments because it can make me a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I care more about like, what does it do to the feeling of that city or to that area? Or how's it going to benefit people as far as like, you know, work, live, play in the same area? Um, what's, what's it going to do when you first drive into a place? What's your first impression of it? Mm-hmm. Does it look cheap or does it look thought out? Is there a design element or does it look thrown together? The, the, what's it smell like? What are the restaurants there? What's it like? I, Details. I, I oh. love that. I can't get That's enough cool. of that. So like if you go to like a Kohler property, there's a certain feeling that you uh, get. If you sure. go to a Disney par- property, there's a certain feeling that you yep. get. And it has to do with sound and sight and lights. And, and somebody and, made sure that all was congruent and came together and, and meant something. Yeah. And then you go to certain cities that are really doing cool things. A lot of their development is thought out and the investors in that care about the impact that it has on people. And I, I would love doing that in the second phase of my life. Cool. Yeah. And you already started. Good I'm trying, you. trying. All right. All right. I'll just take the next close one. So what's the best, best book or podcast you've read or heard recently? So there's a book. Um, I read this probably three or four months ago now, and I've kind of read consistently, but this book is called the four agreements if you've heard of it. And, um, and it's, it's awesome. It's not long. Um, I like that. And it would, yeah, I do. <laughs> it, it literally is not long, but it will, it will help you live your life in an authentic way and find, um, you know, it just leads back to what we talked about a little bit ago, but the reality is it kind of, it shows you how to do that, like actually implement doing that in a positive way. So are the, are the four agreements with yourself, with others, with, yeah, it's with yourself, Oh, the four agreements with yourself and, and how we kind of get brought up, um, by adults about do what they say, the way they <laughs> say to do it, when they say to do it in order to get, um, get attention and, or, to satisfy them because as children we want to satisfy our parents or our our, our um, teachers and or you know whatever person that's going to be in that position yeah and it kind of you learn that really if you do the right things for yourself because they're the right things to do internally those things will take care of themselves yeah that's and great it's, it's uh that's a very those simplified deep, version but it's actually those very, are deep very cool deep agreements with yourself yeah, yeah, yeah they are but they're they're that cool that's yeah. highly highly recommended the four agreements. The four agreements. All right. One more. Yep. I didn't pick the one you wanted me to. <laughs> uh, oh, you. <laughs> How soon before your son has siblings? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Wow. How, how, <laughs> come on. How? Uh, Off the cuff. I, uh, completely honest. Um, so the first one, I'm sure it is like this for everybody, but it was a big, huge adjustment for yeah. me. And I think anybody that has kids probably would say the same thing, Correct. right? Yes. I don't quite feel comfortable with balance, time, all that kind of stuff. And I don't know if I ever will. No one ever does. No, but um, I would want to feel more of a balance, even if there's chaos. So if I become, if I start to become used to the chaos, it's time for number two. <laughs> and it's also not entirely up to me. So <laughs> I think that would have been one of the B answers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think some of it's up to my other half. Yeah. Right. Um, cause it's a, it's a team effort, Yeah. but if it were solely up to me, I would wait to get used to the new chaos. You can't wait. And 
Yeah, I, <laughs> I think you're not gonna be. You gotta. Yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, he's not even he's not even crawling yet. Mm-hmm. He's like sitting up, which is new. Yeah, and he's smiling and laughing, and he's not talking at all or anything. And like when he starts showing some more of like the human side of like mm-hmm. talking and walking, and less like I have to put each piece of food in your mouth for you. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as he starts eating and all that kind of stuff, like oh, yeah. then it'll be like, all right. We got this down. Let's try this again. <laughs> I don't know. Good luck. I don't know how. You realize there's a gestation period along the way as well, so you're just lengthening your. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I and it's gonna be crazy no matter what. It is. And we'll we'll have more than one. Awesome. I don't. I, I knock on wood. We'll have more than one. Sometimes you don't know, right? No, great, but even but if you know, we would figure out a way. But I, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's. I'm still very much adjusting right now. <laughs> I, I'm way on the other end of it. My my last one has just gone off to Madison to school, so I've got like peace and quiet. So it's awesome. What are you gonna do with all your time? Um, it's actually been working out all right. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tito's. <laughs> Whatever I want. Tito's. Yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> Um, I decide that day. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Jeff. Oh, uh, you're me- welcome. That's awesome. It thanks means for a lot. having me. I appreciate for, it. For those of you that are listening or watching along, um, please subscribe. If you have any questions for Jeff or myself, uh, let us know in the comments or uh, figure out a way to get a hold of us online. With the internet, you can get a hold of anybody these days. <laughs> there you go. Um, but uh, thanks for, for thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Subscribe in the future. Um, we recorded this uh, at Blank Slate Collective, which is a new uh, collaborative creative studio in downtown Appleton and um, hope you have a great rest of your week. Thanks a lot.